With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Do not, do not, do not touch that dial. You heard the man? It's time for Fox Sports Sunday as we enter October. I can safely say it is always the busiest and perhaps the most exciting month on the sports calendar so please put your seat backs forward your trade tables upright we are ready for takeoff my name is bernie frato we're coming to you live from the las vegas fox sports radio studios and we'll take you up to 3 a.m pacific 6 a.m eastern along with my savvy and capable crew nick battaglia chris perfett and bruin finley on the updates as they man the ship from our los angeles compound We've got a ton on the agenda tonight, including full NFL analysis, the Fezzik Five in about 15 minutes. We'll even delve into the NBA a little bit. College football, famed Yankee announcer John Sterling, and the latest on name, image, and likeness. But we start with a thought that I've held on to for years, and it has to do with factoring in the head coach when analyzing and handicapping NFL football games. Because, believe me, when it comes to uh, preparation, adaptability, leadership, I think it matters. Trust me. And, you know, people, we all form opinions based on impressions. And for the most part, you are in charge of the impressions you give off. Same for NFL coaches. I'm not going to mention any names. Mike McCarthy, he often looks like a guy wandering the mall parking lot, can't remember where he parked his car. Consequently, I'm not always in a hurry to back Dallas because of Mike McCarthy. Now, let me make my case because if you remember last year, we tried to make sense of the 2020 NFL COVID season in which every week brought about a new headline that sounded as whimsical as it was unbelievable. And, and, and I'm you know, reminded of a gentleman who always seemed to have a saying that would at least allow us to grasp at some perspective, no matter how slight. And in the words of the legendary Mark Twain, Never complain about getting older. Many fine people are denied the privilege. You see, with time comes experience, and with experience comes perspective. 
And as we continue to navigate the NFL waters, at least from a sports betting standpoint, can we actually draw perspective from something that may have been similar in the past? Or as Yogi Berra might say, can we find the different similarities as as it could be deja vu all over again? I see we can. Because if you happen to know about or follow or remember the 1987 NFL strike season, there were three games that were played with replacement players, and I happened to be in Las Vegas during one of the replacement weekend games. And during that weekend, I got a chance to visit with a gentleman named Ernie Kaufman, one of the legendary sports handicappers of all time, and a guy with real time and perspective on his side. He was chomping at the bit to bet as heavy as he could on the replacement games, and I was puzzled. I asked him, how can you do that when the rosters are full of guys that are going to be selling turtles, girdles, and yo-yos in two weeks? And two weeks before that, they were, you know, working elsewhere. It's simple, he said. I know the coaches. And I know I know which ones can mobilize quickly. I know which ones can organize quickly and have success under duress. Remember, these replacement games counted. And for many organizations, those games could have make could have made or break, make or break, as far as the playoffs, and they did. So for starters, the coaches had to find and assemble talent quickly, and it wasn't easy. They, you know, they were they were called scabs. They were met with all kind of hostility and threats and profanity as their as their buses uh, crossed the picket lines, and the search for talent went everywhere. I mean it: grocery stores, bars, chewed up semi-pro fields. The Washington Redskins actually picked up a quarterback on work furlough from prison. Can't make this stuff, folks. Can't make this stuff up, folks, but most of the replacement players were young men in limbo somewhere between college and whatever's supposed to come next. The final replacement game, by the way, was a Monday Night Football game. It was a matchup on October 19th, 1987, with the Redskins at the Cowboys, and the Redskins were only one of two NFL teams to not have any players cross the picket line, and they were a surprising 13-7 to victor over the Cowboys that night, who had a bunch of guys who crossed the picket line. In fact, the Cowboys that night had Tony Dorsett, Randy White, and almost a dozen other veterans who crossed the picket line. But the Redskins beat them. And not surprisingly, the head coach of the Redskins that night was Joe Gibbs, a man of impeccable preparation in all areas of his life, as history has shown. And not surprisingly, Gibbs actually went on to win the Super Bowl that season, crushing Denver 42-10 to in Super Bowl twenty two. Also, predictably, coaches like Bill Walsh and Dan Reeves and Ron Meyer and Marty Schottenheimer, combined with Gibbs, they won a cumulative 15-3 and during the three scab games, while coaches who Kaufman didn't hold in high esteem, guys like John Robinson, Dan Henning, Jerry Burns, they all struggled mightily. Now, Kaufman knew this instinctively, and he bet accordingly. He was very profitable, even though the sports books had limits on games for obvious reasons. But Kaufman had seen this movie before. In fact, we all had, because just five years earlier, the, 19, uh, the 1982 NFL season, there was a 57-day-long player's strike that reduced the 16-game season to an abbreviated schedule. And because of the shortened season, the NFL adopted a special 16-team playoff tournament, and division standings were completely ignored for seeding, although each division sent at least one team to the playoffs, and each division except the NFC West sent at least two teams. Eight teams from each conference were seeded one through eight based on their regular season records. Now, two teams qualified for the playoffs despite losing records, the Cleveland Browns and the Detroit Lions. But the season ended Super Bowl seventeen. Guess what? The Washington Redskins defeated the Miami Dolphins 27-17 at the Rose Bowl. Sound familiar? Yeah. 
The 1982 Redskins were also coached by the same Joe Gibbs. Gibbs was also named NFL Coach of the Year. By the way, the team Gibbs defeated in the Super Bowl, Don Shula. No slouch in his own right, only the winningest coach of all time. Now see, here's my point. These two seasons are a perfect metaphor for the game of life and an axiom I've always believed. Life in many ways is like a poker game, and in poker, you always hope to get the best hand with the most valuable cards or series of cards, but there are only two types of poker players. Some complain they never get dealt a good hand. They're usually losers. Others take the hand they are dealt and do their best to turn it into a winner. Let the record show that the winner of each pot doesn't necessarily have the best hand, but they play the hand they're dealt with the belief and expectation that over time, they will come out on top, and they usually do. It's no different in life, and certainly not in the National Football League, or football in general for that matter. Did Joe Gibbs magically have better players during the three-game NFL strike schedule? You tell me. The 87 Redskins replacements were quarterbacked by the legendary Ed Rubbert, who didn't lose a game. Rubbert, in fact, never played in the NFL again, but he was an inspiration for Keanu Reeves' character in the football movie The Replacements. So we do, in fact, have perspective. We've never seen anything like COVID last year hover over the NFL, but we've seen season interruptions, fits and starts, canceled games, expanded playoffs, uncertainty, and even little-known quarterbacks like Todd Hans. <laughs> Todd Hans was working for a Ford dealership in Arizona when the Ford family called him to come home to Detroit. Hans would, in fact, spend a month with the Lions starting all three games played by Detroit's replacement players. But he quarterbacked a pair of losses in front of tiny crowds at the Silverdome. People barely remember, but he had one moment of glory that would be considered the holy grail of Lions phenomena, a victory over the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Hans continued to make lemonade out of lemons. He parlayed his Lions experience into a backup quarterback role with the Detroit Drive of the Arena League. And when you know it, the Detroit Drive went on to be champions. Many years later, Hans admitted he doesn't have many memories or any vestiges from his playing days, and even Muse, his ex-wife, had sold his Arena League championship ring to a pawn shop. But I digress. The moral is simple. The best coaches take the hand they're dealt and continue to win. You factor in coaches. I do when you handicap football games. Now, I get it. I had coach Ken cover the spread by himself. But which teams can you trust? That was my big takeaway from Ernie Kaufman. You typically can trust the teams that are well-coached because coaches influence the outcome of a football game in many ways. Football is likened to a game of chess. Head coaches are obviously the chess players manipulating the game, so an incredible amount of scheming and strategy is involved in any NFL betting matchup, in any NFL betting matchup. So who do you trust to make the right moves on a consistent basis? Case in point, who would you trust more, Bill Belichick or Matt Patricia? Okay, those are two extremes, but look how each has reacted to the hand they were dealt. And anyone can have a bad beat, but if you go back 15 years, there are a handful of coaches who've simply shown proof of performance over time. Even though the rosters have turned over and they've dealt with their share of setbacks and abnormalities. Obviously, the top of the list, Bill Belichick. 144 and 88 against the number. Bottom line, he covers almost 60% of the time blindly. Pros like him tomorrow. He's laying nine points at Houston. That's a lot. Mike Zimmer. Now, I know Minnesota hasn't been to a lot of Super Bowls, and they're laying a big number tomorrow against Detroit 10, but Zimmer also routinely covers against the spread. Sean Payton, same situation. Now, 
The last 15 games have not been kind to the Kansas City Chiefs. They're only 3-12 and 12 against the number in those last 15. But over, over the decades, Andy Reid has been pretty solid. Ron Rivera, now look at that list. Bill Belichick, Mike Zimmer, Sean Payton, Pete Carroll, Andy Reid, Ron Rivera. Let's see. They've all been to a Super Bowl except for Zimmer. Belichick, Payton, Carroll, Reid have won. Rivera won as a player. That's quality. Now, I realize coaching is extremely important in any sport, and it needs to be considered when handicapping games because sometimes the coach or manager is really what separates two teams when the talent is evenly matched. Coaches get a team focused. They call a play for a specific moment in the game. They make a key substitution. They get the official to review a play. They stand up for their team. They make major adjustments during halftime, and they rest guys at the right time. There's a reason why some coaches always have teams in contention. Part of it's the talent on the team, but a major factor is the ability of the coach. Now, I jokingly mentioned Mike McCarthy at the top of this segment. How do you like his clock management? Dallas has a ton of talent. Man, they're good. But I don't know if they're going to cover every week, and I rarely bet them because I don't trust their coach. Coming up, Steve Fezzik and the Fezzik Five America. Get your pens ready. Get your pens and pencils ready. We're going to have information coming at you like a fire hose. We'll go over the Fezzik Five, and then after Brian Finley's update, We'll have a rapid-fire lightning round discussion on virtually every game in the NFL to get you ready for kickoff, which, believe it or not, first game, Jets and Falcons. And please don't call it the bloody rubbish bowl just because it's in London. Someone's going to cash a ticket. I'll tell you who might. That game kicks off in six hours and 17 minutes to get your popcorn ready. What a stupid cliche. I can't believe I just said that. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Coming up, the Fezzik Five. Keep it locked. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Don't go away. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The time is now. It's the Fezzik Five. These are the five things you need to hear about. Now, with the only back-to-back Hilton Super Contest winner, Steve Fezzik, here's Bernie Fratto. Well, here we go, Fez. Week five, six hours and nine minutes away. And this early on in the season, you have been absolutely hot in this segment. I know folks are tuning in. They're going to ride you like a stick horse. So let's jump right in. Who's your favorite player of the week this week? Let's start out with a favorite. Let's take the New Orleans Saints minus two and a half. It's all about the football team of Washington and their health. Uh, Logan Thomas, talented tight end, is out. Sheriff, their best lineman's out. Gibson's banged up. Wide receiver cluster injuries. I don't think there's enough offense for the Washington football team to hang here. So the Saints minus two and a half. Says I think the Saints defense has performed admirably as well, so I gotta believe Washington has trouble putting points on the board. Fair? Yes, and we're seeing that with the total that went up for a while and now it's dropping down to 43 and a half currently. All right, Fez, what's your favorite dog of the week? Gonna take the 49ers plus the five and a half. This is all about the situational spot here. I got a Niner team that was supposed to win ten and a half games before the year started, playing an Arizona team that was only supposed to win eight and a half. Well, Arizona's better than expected, obviously, and the Niners are not as good, and they're injured, and they've got the rookie quarterback. But uh, this is a must-win game for the Niners. They can't afford to fall three games behind and lose another divisional game. They should be all in. Circle the wagons. I've seen this movie before where a team that's been overperforming undefeated comes off a big win and then struggles in the favorite role. I like the Niners. Says I like your thought pattern on this because it's a classic buy-low, sell-high you're selling high on the Arizona Cardinals, who are riding high, the last undefeated team, and buying low on the Niners. There's even a trend in this game. Since 2013, divisional teams that head into the bye week in a key divisional game like this, 38-11 against the spread. That means the Niners qualify, but I'm not going to lie, pal. I'm scared to death of Trey Lance. He hasn't showed me anything that he can navigate a four-quarter National Football League game you're going to throw care to the wind on that, I guess, huh? Well, the Arizona Cardinals haven't seen film on him for any extended period of time during the regular season. So rookie quarterbacks, I know this hasn't been true this year, but historically actually do well their first couple of games. But remember, San Francisco spent their last uh, six games last year playing in the stadium, so they know the sight lines well. It's another added edge to the Niners in this game. One final thing, it's a dead number. I would have thought that line would be closer to six or seven. Does the fact that it's five and a half, does that tell you anything? 
yeah, it tells me that there's one group of bettors that are going to bet are betting plus six, and another group is laying five. That's pretty much what every number tells me. There are no trap lines set by the casinos. The bettors set the lines, and that's why the line's five and a half, Bernie. Good stuff, Fizz. All right, Green Bay and Cincinnati teed up. A couple of high-powered offenses. Green Bay without their cornerback, Jair Alexander. I got to believe the Bengals take advantage of that. You like the total in this game. Yeah, I like to call them the Smith brothers are going are injured for <laughs> Green Bay as well. So with only one edge rusher essentially to be able to play against the Bengals, Bengals should get their points, and with that Bengal defense is not good. This has shootout written all over it. I'm going over the 50 and a half. All we need is both teams to get 24 Bernie and the game not to end in a tie. You know, Fez, the Packers are laying three on the road in this game. Uh, this isn't part of your Fezzik five, but I'd like to get your thoughts. Uh, I think the Bengals are live to win this outright. Am I wrong? I think you're right. My power ratings made this game four, but my power ratings, I make them early in the week before I go through all the injury reports. you got to feel the cluster injuries that uh, Green Bay has at edge rusher is worth at least a point. And then they, you know, they're missing you know, other key aspects of the defense as well. I only could look to the Bengals. Well, plus, let me ask you a question, Fizz. Isn't Green Bay starting two rookie corners? Yeah, exactly. And, and certainly Joe Burrow. And you know what? The Bengals have an exceptional core of wide receivers, so they can take advantage. Yes, you got to love Jamar Chase. That connection is really working. All right, one of the things you're pointing to in uh, the fourth leg of the Fezzik Five is a first-half bet. And frankly, I like these. Give us your first one. Yeah, and I'm going to play two first-half unders. I like first-half unders because it eliminates what often can become shenanigans in the fourth quarters when bad offenses get down, Bernie, and they throw caution to the wind. First one, we're going to play New England. Houston, under 20, first half. Going to have to lay a little extra vig on this. Love this bet. Houston, Mills, no offense whatsoever. And New England with four of their linemen. MIA, I think New England just... It's complete contrast to the Tampa Bay game where they threw every down. I think they just power run this game, knowing if they don't make a mistake, they're going to win it. Plus, we know that Houston has major trouble moving the ball with Davis Mills. How are they going to score at all in this game? I really think this is New England 6, Houston 0 at halftime. First half under 20. Like to play a lot. That's a strong play. And I think there's some juice tied to it, right? You're going to be laying more than than 110. Is that fair? That's right. On both these plays, uh, shop around minus 125. So you're going to have to lay fine if you if you can't find a 20. Play under 19 and a half. All right. So the other first half under you like, you've got one of the I believe the top four defense in the NFL versus an offense who can't get out of its own way, Denver and Pitt. Yeah, I, I, this is another game. Denver and Pittsburgh, the strength of both teams are their defenses. And with the Lions sitting with Denver just as a very small favorite, I think both of these teams are going to have the philosophy of don't screw it up on offense, keep it simple, run the ball, and let the defense win the game. And I've seen this play out before, 0-0 at the end of the first quarter, 3-0 at halftime, and then one team gets ahead, and then all of a sudden the funny business starts. So we just play the first half to go under. Yes, yes, very, very. Very true. All right. So before we get to your bonus, uh, your your bonus pick here, we've got the Saints minus two and a half on the road. That's your best play. You've got the San Francisco 49ers catching five and a half at Arizona. You like the total in the Green Bay Cincinnati game to go over 
50 and a half. Now, is that still the current number? Could you see that number maybe climb tomorrow? Um, yeah, it's going to climb, and I, I think it's going to close 51 and a half. Play the 50 and a half right now. Is there a limit, Fez? Would you, would you advise folks not to play that game? 51. Guys, okay. 27 24 cannot play a 51 and a half. One of the things Fezzik is brilliant at. Two of the things he's bringing at, knowing where the line is going to go. We've talked about look-ahead lines the last few weeks. You know where line is going to go. And secondly, can't emphasize it enough, get the best of the number. Don't chase a number. All right, you also like the first half under in the New England-Houston game. For obvious reasons, you've got a rookie quarterback in Davis Mills, and you mentioned some great points about New England having the offensive lineman out, a couple of COVID issues, a couple of injuries. So it sounds like a power running game, and New England's defense is better than average. And you've got the Denver-Pittsburgh under. Denver with that number four defense going against Pittsburgh. That offense looked like it couldn't score in a women's prison with a fistful of 50s. Looks like an under. Let's get to your bonus game, Fez. Actually, it's a bonus bet. Which, again, you've talked about these the last few weeks. You can still, they're still on the board, and that is season win totals over and under. Take it away, Fizz. Yeah, so Miami Dolphins, I don't get this number at all. Eight and a half. Miami's sitting at one and three. They do have a very easy schedule. Power rating-wise, Bernie, I have the Dolphins three points worse than an average team right now. So if they're worse than an average team, and even if they play 500 ball the rest of the year, they still finish two games below 500. That means they don't get to nine and eight. Miami Dolphins under eight and a half, lay 140. Really, really strong best bet. So you must feel really strong about this because the Dolphins not only won 10 games last year, as you just aptly pointed out, 9-8, and eight, it's a 17-game season. You're really down on the Dolphins, Alphaz? Um, I'm not the only one. <laughs> Just look no further than this week at Tampa Bay Buccaneer team with uh, secondary injuries all over the place, and the Dolphins are catching 10. I would lean to Miami strongly. Yes. I'd actually like Miami also, plus 10. Just missed my Fezzik 5 list, but uh, I certainly don't expect them to win the game. All right, just again, a quick recap. Fez likes his Saints minus 2.5. He likes in San Francisco 49ers catching five and a half at Arizona. He likes the total in the Green Bay Cincinnati game to go over 50 and a half. You can bet it as high as 51, but not above that. New England Houston first half under a 20. Fez likes the first half under in Denver Pitt under 20. And if you are so inclined, you can still get on the Miami Dolphins in their season under win total of eight and a half. Coming up, Fezzik continues. We're going to take you around the league and a lightning round version will go game by game, starting with the game in London, which kicks off six hours from now. Please don't call it the bloody rubbish bowl because someone's going to catch a ticket and Fez will tell you who. But first, hey, let's go to the man. He's just oozing with wisdom. In fact, he told me the other day, he goes, you know, Bernie, two wrongs don't make a right. But two rights made an airplane. It's Bruin Finley with the latest. Bernie, I love it. I might have to use that little line myself. Tyson Fury defending the WBC heavyweight title as he demonizes Deontay Wilder TKO style in the 11th round on or in Las Vegas as all the boxing community and more was watching that fight unfold. As far as number one Alabama in college football, as we look at the college football slate on Saturday, how about Bama? They 
are vulnerable. They are beatable, and they falter to Texas A&M, 41 to 38. The Aggies were able to suck a last-second field goal at the horn, a 28-yarder off the foot of Seth Small. That made all the difference, and now there's a little bit of parity in the SEC West, a little bit. Number nine, Michigan putting away Nebraska 32 to 29, thanks to a late field goal for the Wolverines. 16th ranked Kentucky continues to show up the LSUs of the world. This time, yeah, win over the Tigers 42 to 21. Third ranked Iowa overcomes a two touchdown hole to upstage number four, Penn State 23 to 20. Boise State wins as they get back to 500 after stepping on number 10 BYU 26 to 17 number two Georgia Bernie has them as the number one team in the country he might not be wrong they dissect 18th ranked Auburn 34 to 10 the Bulldogs are comfortably out to 6 and 0 on the season CJ Stroud for the number seven Ohio State Buckeyes had five touchdown passes as OSU took it to Maryland 66 to 17 number 17 Ole Miss Weathers 13th ranked Arkansas in a shootout 52 to 51 in Oxford the Hogs scored that last second touchdown and they decided to go for two Sam Pittman their head coach it was a good decision at least that's what people generally thought it didn't pan out as well for him as he was hoping for and number five Oklahoma comes back roars back and sucks Texas is 55 to 48 as far as two divisional round major league baseball games on saturday the dodgers even things up with the giants after a game to nine two victory and the story was la starting pitcher julio urias five innings pitched one and run five strikeouts as he silenced those San Fran batters and the other one was the Braves blanking the Brewers three to zip so that series is 1-1 in the matchup and of course the NFL more baseball Sunday Bernie as I send it back to you later today is going to be a cornucopia of sports pick whatever you want on the menu there is going to be a lot to choose from the dulcet tones of Bruin Finley Using words like cornucopia, yes, the president <laughs> of the fastest-growing fan club west of the Mississippi, the Finley Fanatics. All right, let's bring it back out. We resume with the Fezzik Five, but what we're going to do now is take a quick tour around the National Football League. And, Fez, we go across the pond to start with the Jets and Falcons. We get our first London game of the year. It's a doozy. The Falcons laying three against the Jets. However, I think the one decent unit in this game is the Jets defense. Robert Sally has made his mark early, and I think the Jets, I think, are the side here. Your thoughts? I agree, and this is really the bad food bowl, if you will. Um, <laughs> after a boring Saturday of college football, let's hope the NFL can deliver for us. Um, now, the I think history repeats itself. You nailed it. We just saw the Jets beat a team that was better than them with um, that was missing their wide receivers. Well, now it's not even clear the Falcons are better than the Jets. I think they are when they're healthy, but they're missing their wide receivers. So because of that, with Ridley out, and obviously Julio Jones has gone on to um, Tennessee pastures, I think the Jets get the win. Jets plus three at the play. Yeah, the Falcons rank 31st on offense, 29th on defense, 32nd overall, DVOA. And I'm hearing that Matt Ryan wants out of Atlanta. Other than that, things are hunky-dory. Have fun, Arthur Smith. 
All right, we talked about this game a little bit ago. Packers minus three at Bengals. If you like the over, the Packers haven't been particularly impressive, but there's still a pretty big gulf in talent between these two teams. However, Cincinnati's defense grades out decent, but they haven't played good opponents. I still think Cincinnati is live here. Your thoughts, Fez? I like the 10 days that Cincinnati had to prepare for this game. Hopefully they used it with uh, better usage than Urban Meyer did for Jacksonville, and they should be ready to go. The jungle will be rocking um, a rare um, Cincinnati Bengals team with a winning record of late. Uh, Comes down the wire, give me the Bengals in three. All right, let's go to the Eagles and Panthers. Panthers laying three and a half. You know, I, I, I... I was one of the people that said I thought the Panthers could be a surprise team heading into the season. They've built a fairly elite defense, but they're starting to come back to earth, and Philadelphia is still pretty tough on the trenches. Both teams have injuries. Fez, I'm really dying to see your handicap on this because I'm lost. Panthers hosting the Eagles laying three and a half. So three and a half has left the building. It's down to three. It might even go to two and a half, Bernie. Um, it doesn't look like C-Mac isn't going to play for Carolina. And let's look at some of these Eagles losses. You know, they outstatted San Francisco when they lost week two. And they didn't punt last week. They just had too many threes against Kansas City 7. So a little unlucky there. And that Carolina win against Car- when they um, beat Houston, workmanlike, that looked like an impressive win. Doesn't look nearly as good anymore after Buffalo demolished that same Houston team. Give me the Eagles. Wow, great stuff. And that's exactly why we do this segment. Nobody is better than having the latest up-to-date lines information. This is a really interesting uh, side, uh, Fez, that you're backing. Uh, I I don't disagree because I don't have an opinion on the game. All right, one of the games I think everybody will be watching I'm not going to say something stupid like calling it the Grind Bowl. But the Titans laying four, the Jaguars, a home favorite. This was a full touchdown last Sunday, but then the Titans went out and lost to the Jets. The line was basically cut in half. It, it seems to me I have a lot of respect for Mike Vrabel, and you may have heard my dissertation on trusting coaches. Uh, I have a hard time believing Tennessee loses here. Your thoughts? Too many distractions for the Jaguars. you got to wonder if the defense is even going to play hard with all the uncertainty. And I don't like a team that's distracted. Would like to have Julio Jones for the Titans. If he does play, I would certainly back them. Without him, I'll just lean Titans. Vikings divisional game at home. It's a runaway line opened at 7. They're now laying 10 against the Lions. Would you lay this number? No, um, I'm not going to be the last one in to bet the Vikings. At, at 8, it was a fine teaser to bet Minnesota. At 10, I'm leaning Detroit. If it goes up to 10.5, I will bet the Lions, who seem to be in the red zone about four or five times and kept failing against the Bears, so unlucky last week. All right, Chargers, let's go to the later games. Chargers, is the line currently two versus the Browns? Where do we sit? Yep, exactly right, and maybe some money going to come on the Chargers tomorrow morning. Concerns, if you watched Cleveland, that win against Minnesota was impressive. Baker was not. Clearly, something was bothering him. He missed a lot of open receivers. If he misses receivers in this game, the Chargers are going to win by 10. Got to love Staley and how aggressive he is going for it on these fourth and fours. Could only look Chargers. 
Well, let's stay on this game for just a minute because the Chargers rank second to last in rush defense DVOA, and Cleveland is a top five team running the ball with Chubb and Kareem Hunt, the best duo since Hall and Oates. Cleveland's offensive lines really struggled, but they seem to maul opponents in the run. Here's the point. You like the Chargers, but if uh, if Herbert's standing on the sidelines while the opponent chews up the ground, I don't know. Uh, I, again, I'm not involved in this game. Cleveland's defense playing well, you, you, but you still like the Chargers, correct? Yes, and you might want to play Chubb over 81 rush yards. The only concern is if the Browns are trailing. By the way, I almost always get the line moves right. I got the line move on yes. the total wrong. I played this over. I'm embarrassed to say when it was north of 50, obviously the Mayfield injury is doing me no favors, nor did the Minnesota Cleveland Snooze Fest last week. I got that number wrong on my line move projection, and I do not like the over at all anymore. All right, one game I'm very interested in watching from a studying standpoint, Giants divisional game catching seven at Dallas. Uh, Daniel Jones 11-4 against the number on the road, 73% after a cover and upset win last week. If he doesn't turn the ball over, which he hasn't been as much this year, I think it's a close game. What are your thoughts? I would lean to the Giants, and bold prediction, this will, will be the highest-scoring game this Sunday. I think we're going to see points north of 60. I like the over. History repeats itself. When Dak was healthy, he got hurt in this game last year. Uh, there were 71 points. I expect we're going to see the same sort of a 37-34 shootout. All right, Bears-Raiders. This, if I can only watch one game tomorrow, this would be the game. Two weeks ago, Justin Fields faced all kinds of pressure versus a good defense. You saw what happened. Last week, he faced no pressure against a bad defense. They ran a lot of max protect formations, two receiver sets, three-step drops. Didn't have to do a lot. He looked pretty good on a few plays. He's got a big arm. He's going to face pressure tomorrow against the Raiders with Crosby and Ngakwe. However, I think there are distractions. This is a weird game and another weird line. Raiders laying five. Your thoughts? Raiders could win by 20, and the Bears could win outright. I pass. I have no idea. (laughs) You know what? True words were never spoken. All right. Final game on the board we'll talk about. Colts at Ravens Monday night. Ravens laying seven. These teams do not like each other. The Ravens have shown a lot of grit and a little bit of luck. Still, it's a lot of points on a Monday night. The Ravens are short at running back. They're short at corner. They're not strong in the trenches. I don't know. Both teams were supposed to feature dominant offensive lines this year, but they've had all kinds of injuries. It seems to me like grabbing the points might be the play. You know, I'm not going to take the points against Harbaugh and the Ravens. He's a bully. He just likes to beat up on people. He likes to set records that are meaningless, even if it's risking injury. That's my kind of coach when I'm laying points, Bernie. He doesn't care about the future. He just cares about putting up as many points as possible this week. That's Thus, I could only look to the Ravens in this game. Would, will you be involved in that game, though, Fez, when Monday night rolls around? Full disclosure. Um, I'm probably going to tease Baltimore down to minus one. Yes. Currently seven. And, you know, the, the, the problem I have, who do I tease it with? Is Dallas, with, is Dallas possible? Would you tease them down? No, because I think the Giants could win the game. You know what? I could probably tease New England tomorrow morning. It's going to drop. New England's down to eight. It might drop to seven and a half. I do think New England's going to win the game against Houston. So I'd probably use New England. How about Minnesota? We're breaking a rule. If you tease them from 10 down to three, that you're not technically crossing through the, all the key numbers. But it seems like Minnesota minus a field goal safe, no? Nope, not safe. Got to get down to minus two and a half, which means Excellent. I need that line to drop below 10, and then I could use a seven-point teaser. If it dropped to like nine, I could use a 
six and a half points either. I got to get it to minus two and a half. You cannot tease to minus three. It's not good enough. The math says donkey play. Really bad. Excellent, Fez. Excellent answer. I knew it. I teed you up, teed you up like a titleist on that one, and you knocked that out of the park. I knew that would be your answer. Uh, really quickly, give the folks just a quick primer on what to not do in teasing. Yeah, never tease a college football game, although this is a week where it seemed like a lot of them, like the Notre Dame game, did hit. So never tease college, never tease totals, and only tease in the NFL when you're going through the full corridor of three through seven. So you can tease a minus eight down to minus two, or you can tease a plus two up to a plus eight. There you go. Fezzik University in session. Class dismissed. Fez, thanks for staying up late. As always, have a great day tomorrow. Thank you, Bernie. And obviously, I did break my rule with Baltimore because I'm, it's seven, not seven and a half. So I did break the rule talking about that being a Monday night football tease. Yes. The, the betting gods will forgive you, Fez. All right, that's Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Hilton Super Contest, also won the South Point Contest. We'll hear him every Saturday night, Sunday morning, 12.20 a.m. Pacific, 3.20 a.m. Eastern for the Fezzik Five Catch the podcast, which will be up right after the show. If you missed any of this, Fez has been hotter than Jason McElwain with his picks. And again, he gives you education about how to make the right decisions as a better consistently. So week in, week out, you can find your edge against the sports book. And over the long term, not only have a little bit of fun, but have a little bit of profit as well. Coming up, I want to give tribute to a quarterback. I sung his praises before the season, and he's doing it. He's making me look good, and I'm going to tell you why he's doing it. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Stick and stay. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Here, yeah, back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. And I want to talk about a certain quarterback. I want to sing his praises because before the season started, I spoke very highly of him. Uh, his name is Teddy Bridgewater. And it wasn't ever a lock. Well, well there's a pun. He, he had to compete against Drew Locke to win the job in Denver, and he did. And I think they're glad he did. Denver's 3-1. and one. Uh, They're favored tomorrow in Pittsburgh. I expect them to win in Pittsburgh tomorrow. But even before this season, uh, he's a Teddy's been great for betters. Thirty-five and fourteen against the spread in his career, twenty-four and seven as an underdog, twenty-one and three against the number on the road. He's already covered twice on the road this year, nineteen and two against the number as a road dog. You could have got him as a road dog earlier in the week. And why is Teddy so good? Well, there's a lot of reasons. First of all, he has a great character. Last year when he took over for Drew Brees. Uh, he, you know, he held the seat warm for, uh, for when Breeze uh, got hurt for five games, went five and zero, oh, went up and beat Pete Carroll in Seattle. And Seattle was good. First time Pete Carroll ever lost at home in Seattle in September. Got the team together and says, "Listen, I may not be a true Breeze, but if you follow me, I will lead. I won't screw this up." And he didn't. I love how he came back from that terrible injury in Minnesota. He was a playoff quarterback in Minnesota. It wasn't his fault. He missed a field goal or they wouldn't have won a game. But Teddy does some things very well. And I've talked about this before when trying to discern whether or not Justin Fields is going to make it or Trey Lance is going to make it or what Mac Jones does well. A quarterback must first learn to read and recognize the nature and structure of a defense as a whole. Because when the ball snapped and the defense shifts after post-snap, 
All of a sudden, they're showing you something different. They might go from a two-safety look, and all of a sudden, the middle of the field is open, and they move to a single safety. Now, you've got to decide, are we in man coverage? Are we cover one? Are we zone? Do the corners give space? Do they bring pressure? Does the front structure change? This is what it means to play quarterback. It's so complex. The vibe of information you have to absorb and process before and after the snap determines whether or not you can repeat success at the NFL level. It's not an accident that Teddy Bridgewater has repeated success at the NFL level. I said I talked about him big before the season started, and I'm going to continue. I have a lot of respect for Teddy Bridgewater. I believe he will lead the Denver Broncos into the playoffs this year, and he's a big reason. Coming up, can you bet the NBA preseason? We're going to switch gears and say, yes, you can. Keep it locked. I'm Bernie Fratto, and this is Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fox Sports Sunday Train rolls on. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios here in Las Vegas. We will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, five hours and 29 minutes away from week five, kicking off in the NFL, our first London game of the year as the Jets face the Falcons. The Falcons minus three. In case you missed it, the pros light lean to the New York Jets catching three. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Now, as you know, we have talked incessantly for the last three years on betting NFL preseason and why it is more profitable and easier, frankly, to bet NFL preseason than regular season. If you don't believe me, well, look at the limits the books put up. You can't bet as much on preseason as you can in the regular season for the simple reason that it's the one time you might get two professional teams on uh, on the field of play, and one side doesn't really care if they win, meaning they have other agendas, developing players, evaluating uh, things, getting certain people ready. They already know 90% of the roster. It comes down to the wire. So every coach has different agendas. On the other hand, some coaches really want to win. Uh, John Harbaugh, he, what, he's won like 20 in a row now. He set the record, uh, broke Vince Lombardi. Well, something came across my desk recently that I couldn't uh, really. I said, really? Because I have never once ever bet an NBA preseason game. But on the heels of the popularity of betting NFL preseason, betting the NBA preseason now that there are multiple organizations that are very reputable, they have done a really good job of breaking down and analyzing results over the years. And you can now actually find your way to reasonable NBA preseason strategies. Now, We've been without the NBA for a couple months, and I guess you know when the regular season starts, we can anticipate a relatively normal season this year. There's going to be 82 games. There's going to be fans. People are going to be traveling, and of course, betting. No more bubbles. Uh, no, you know, no more uh, uh, you know goofy situations. Hopefully, fingers crossed. The regular season starts October 19th, so you've still got about a week or so. In, in terms of, I mean, I know you'll people want to still get down on who's going to be in the finals and the MVP and the rookie of the year, win totals per teams. But in the meantime, if you like to bet NBA, uh, there's actually, uh, you know, thoughts and data that can help you assist you in turning a profit. Now, during the preseason, there's generally less betting volume and the lines are not quite as sharp because people do not really care about the outcomes, typically, in terms of wins and losses, right? Although I'm going to get to some... I'm going to get to some coaches that actually defy that. But basically, the preseason is an opportunity to test new schemes and adjust lineups or give fringe rotation players a chance to audition for more playing time. But the variance is what makes these games unpredictable 
sort of in a vacuum. Now, if the Lakers were playing the Rockets in a regular season, you'd expect the Lakers to be double-digit favorites, but in the preseason, the incentive is not there, so it's difficult to anticipate a spread. However, there are some historical trends that I'm going to refer to here if you are of the ilk that you would like to bet some preseason action to whet your betting appetite. So as a general point, underdogs are typically very underrated in the NBA preseason. Over the last 10 years, opening line underdogs are 367 and 313 against the spread, which gives you about a 5% you know, um, uh, rate of return, return on investment, and four, uh, 271 and 426 straight up. Meaning, if you blindly bet dogs, a hundred dollar better would have bet three thousand, would have won three thousand two hundred dollars in the last ten years. But what about what about big underdogs? Okay, underdogs on the money line that would pay back two to one or greater. Now there are not many games per preseason that really fit the model, but it's been profitable, and there's typically a significant spike in return on investment. If you really want to take, you know, I kind of call it shooting BBs at the moon, but when you're betting underdogs with plus 200 or greater, they've been profitable against the spread seven of the last 10 seasons. But here's what blows me away. Eight of the last 10 on the money line. So when you are looking at the card, look at your favorite website, wherever you get your lines. Amazingly, if you blindly bet, Money line dogs of 200 or greater, plus 200 or greater, which means you put up $100 to bring back 200 and you can look right on the website, okay? It, typically, if a, if a team is laying six or more points or something, the, the, the underdog on a money line is going to be plus 200 or more. Eight out of ten of the last seasons, it's been profitable. I I really didn't know that. That, that surprised me. Now, earlier I talked about the importance of coaches in the NFL. Well, apparently it's similar in the NBA as well. And while teams undergo changes and they expand or they, you know, turn over lineups, turn over rosters, you can turn to certain coaches who generally perform well against the spread in the preseason. Now, some of the coaches have extremely small sample sizes, like the Houston Rockets, Steven Silas, who was only 3-1 and one last year. I'm not going to include him. You, you can't really say, okay, he was 75% four games right but there are a few that are have been really strong performers against the number the guys that have been in the league a long time and some of these names probably shouldn't come as a surprise tom thibodeau always pushes his teams to perform the best and play the hardest regardless of the situation he's one of the best of active coaches against the spread during the regular season both mike budenholzer and quinn snyder also stand out as excellent performers in both the preseason and the regular season, but we're talking preseason here. So over 35 games, Quinn Snyder and the Utah Jazz, they're 62% against the number. Dwayne Casey, he's been around a while. 39-22 and 22 against the spread for the Detroit Pistons in the preseason. Relatively new coach for the Charlotte Hornets, James Borrego. It's only 14 games, but he's 10-4. and four. That's 72%. You go on down the line, Mike Budenholzer coming off his championship. He's still 26-19 and 19 in his career. Part of that is with Atlanta, which means he's 58% against the number in preseason games. I talked about Tom Thibodeau. Still 52%, not great, 
but not terrible. But then you look at the other side of the coin, and I guess it's not real surprising that a guy like Greg Popovich, he's only 33-46 and 46 against the number as a head coach in preseason games. That's 42%. You might fade Greg Popovich. You might fade Doc Rivers, 36-50 and 50 against the spread in the preseason, 41%. Rick Carlisle, now he's moved over to the Indiana Pacers, but nonetheless... In 83 games, 37 and 46, not a great number, only 43% against the spread. And I guess you would surmise, these are veteran coaches, right? The veteran coaches like Rick Carlisle, Doc Rivers, Greg Popovich, uh, J.B. Bickerstaff, Tyron Liu, these guys that have been around a while, uh, they're not as concerned, right? Steve Kerr, 17 and 21, 42% 42% against the spread, so maybe you fade him. Frank Vogel of the Lakers, only 24 and 29, 45%. So maybe you fade him. But the coaches who seem to cover, Dwayne Casey, Quinn Snyder, Michael Malone, Billy Donovan, these are guys Mike Budenholzer, keep an eye. Now there are several new coaches in the NFL this year. Chris Finch in Minnesota, Willie Green in New Orleans, Jamal Mosley in Orlando, Chauncey Billups, Portland Trailblazers. Wes Unsell Jr., the Washington Wizards. You'll have to start keeping data on these to see how they do. But I do think these patterns exist, and they exist for a reason. And they're worth paying attention to. All we're trying to do is find that edge. Find that edge against the book on things you might not think about. Now, each team performs differently against the spread during the preseason. So you just got to keep an eye on it. If you want to be successful on this, you've got to do your homework. You've got to keep records. Some teams are traditionally popular or more recently popular, like the Lakers, Knicks, and Warriors. They typically perform poorly against the spread during the preseason. But then there are other popular franchises, such as the Celtics. They've been very successful over a decade in the preseason. Now, the bookmakers always want to get it right so the house wins, and they're trying, but they're also trying to get action. So in games that don't matter from wins and losses perspective, this is something to keep in mind if you're just betting your favorite team, because it's all about covering the spread. So as we close in on the regular NBA season, the NBA regular season, and this is, you know, obviously you're coming off the COVID year in the bubble, you know, the uh, Hotel California League two years ago in the finals, you can check in any time you want, but you can never leave. Then last year, the fan thing was kind of fits and starts, it, but and it was a shortened season. So, this, will, this should be more of a, a normal preseason, and again, there's still a week or so left. By the way, there are some franchises, okay, irrespective of the coach, the Toronto Raptors, they're 62% against the number. The Houston Rockets, 61%. The Portland Trailblazers, 59%. These are proud franchises that want to do well. Interestingly enough, the Lakers, Clippers, Cleveland Cavaliers, San Antonio Spurs, Golden State Warriors, they're all under 40% when it comes to covering the spread. So, I will tell you, I don't bet NBA preseason. You can't bet everything and expect to be successful. But should you be so inclined, what we are finding now is a lot of the same similarities when it comes to betting the NFL preseason as it comes to betting the NBA preseason. There are patterns having to do with coaches and franchises who place a higher premium on winning or playing hard 
versus other coaches who don't care as much because they have different agendas and what they're trying to accomplish in the preseason as they get ready for the regular season. Bottom line, you want to one quick rule of thumb you want to typically look to the underdog that's i think the biggest takeaway here coming up you know we haven't talked about name image and likeness in a while and i'm not so sure how good it's working we're going to bring up the crew and i'll talk about some big names you heard about at the beginning of the year that got some sweet deals i don't know how sweet it is for the sponsors we'll chop it up Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Stick and stay. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. We're back on Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. I want to talk about name, image, likeness. We haven't talked about this in a while. And I want to mention four names. Spencer Rattler, the quarterback for Oklahoma. DJ Uyunglele, the quarterback for Clemson. D.R. King, Miami. And Sam Howell, North Carolina. Now... These guys are all quarterbacks, but they have a lot more in common than just being quarterbacks. They were, frankly, the poster boys entering the season for name, image, likeness. And they were also Heisman Trophy candidates. I got to tell you, flop may be a hard word to use, but it's somewhere around flopped. Spencer Rattler, weeks ago, was booed by his own fans who were chanting for him to be replaced by his backup, Caleb Williams. He's struggled all year. And today he was replaced by Caleb Williams. And uh, it's been very underwhelming for Spencer Rattler. Ugalele, he's massively struggled. I don't think he showed anywhere near the potential he flashed in two starts last year. Clemson has lost two games. This is the first time they've done that in eight years. Sam Howell, he threw three interceptions in a season-opening loss to Virginia Tech. And that was just the beginning. North Carolina is already they're three and three. And they lost to hapless Florida State today, 35-25. Then Derek King, who's expected to make almost seven figures this year, he's throwing more interceptions and touchdowns, and he was dealing with a shoulder injury, and Miami is going nowhere. So here's the thing, and I'm going to bring in the crew in a minute. What does this tell us? Is the money and the extra time needed to satisfy these companies, is it impacting these young men? Is it merely a coincidence they've underperformed? Is the pressure getting to them? It's obvious that it's very early in the national or checked at the uh, name likeness in, you know, I can't even say it. It's so stupid. The name, image, and likeness phenomenon. So it's impossible to know the exact reasons. It's just, it's just too, too new. And frankly, the money hasn't really hurt Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. He is still maybe the Heisman candidate to win it all. But I. They got beat today as well, but he's he's looked pretty solid. In the preseason, Alabama quarterback and ESPN analyst Greg McElroy, he he raised a very good point. He said the players, once they took this money, would no longer be viewed as amateurs. And while they're not really paid directly for their performance, technically, the quarterbacks, they wouldn't be lining their pockets if they're just ordinary students. So part of the vitriol directed at, you know, Spencer Rattler, and the fans booing him, I bet it's partly is due to the name image likeness. And frankly, 
Rattler is a total reporter. It's just straight football. That's my focus. But I haven't seen that on the field. So let's bring in the crew. Let's start with Brian Finley. Brian, the name image likeness is an idea who a lot of folks thought time had come. But I got to ask you, is the law of unintended consequences raising their head and the negatives catching up to the positives? I, I never think, Bernie, that it's going to be more negative than positive because of I think there's such a bigger benefit to a player and how this can influence the rest of their life from a financial perspective. Although it can, if you see, as you were talking about, Bernie, you have guys that aren't devoting themselves to practice and playing and they expect that their brand is going to hold up and then their play on the field starts to diminish, out goes a lot of the the offers from all these companies and you start to lose money. And so some of the guys who had thought that they were going to get all of these different deals, maybe those get weeded out a little bit. So there's like a, a level of a standard here that you have to be able to fulfill. And if you don't reach it, you're going to start to feel the consequences. And maybe that's what we're going to have. But when it comes to checks and balances, I'm all for it. The players deserve it. It has been long overdue because these guys put in too much work not to be compensated for the longevity of their future post-football. Okay, fair enough. But is there perhaps a conflict of interest? Is it a mere coincidence that these superstar young quarterbacks are all basically struggling or certainly not performing up to the level that's expected? And I would ask you, Brian, is there a conflict of interest here? So where do you see the conflict of interest? Because I don't see all of the freshman quarterbacks struggling. I I think, you know, yeah, Alabama lost. Bryce Young has been pretty stout. And I I mentioned that he's he's done well. Mm -hmm. But but I basically focused around Spencer Rattler, DJ Ugalili, De'Ara King and Sam Howell, they were they were the poster boys, okay? They were the guys that got the most. They were the guys that they're most visible. And, I, again, it's a smaller sample because it's only four guys. But these guys, these were marquee-type players that got a ton of money and coming out of the gate were the most to benefit. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they're struggling. Is their attention diverted? That's all I'm saying. Oh, I, I totally agree there is attention diverted. And I think that... Where do you go as far as making sure if you're like a member of the coaching staff that your guys are focused on this and that? Because, yeah, it's going to take a lot of time. Some guys are able to balance their schedule and organize, okay, this is time for practice. This is where my football responsibilities come in. And then here is when I can focus on what's good for me from an economic standpoint. But I don't think a lot of guys come into college, Bernie, having a class on how to handle this. And I think you're right that some don't know how to handle it and it's sort of like when some athlete turns professional and they get all this money and they don't know how to handle it yeah where where do you help them and and who steps in and what does that look like and is that uniform across all college sports or is it just among the top tier who get all these big deals but somebody has to step in i think to to help these athletes some of these deals are worth almost a million dollars uh chris perfett your thoughts i'm not suggesting we throw out the baby with the bathwater, but there's something here. We're dancing around it. There's something here. So I think for a lot of the companies who have put in already, I think they've already gotten their return on investment. 
for some of these guys. And at the end of the day, a lot of these deals were opportunities. They weren't guarantees. They were always opportunities. I think it's been fine. I think if there is any conflict of interest, I think that's already been there for a while. It's with guys who are prepping for the NFL draft. They have their eyes elsewhere than just the program. I think if there's anyone who is a loser right now, it's Spencer Rattler, who has really, I I think some other guys are doing NIL, but still remaining focused. Spencer Rattler has clearly shown that his his attention isn't here. It was clear in the QB1 series. It's been clear all around, and I think his is the brand that's taken the biggest hit. And, like, look, this was a guy who was being projected as a big NFL uh, draft prospect who's seen his uh, star completely fallen. His stock has fallen. I couldn't agree with you more. The truth of the matter is I've been told through the grapevine that some of these businesses are somewhat second-guessing themselves for some of the partnerships that were established before the season because the truth of the matter is struggling stars – don't sell. Nick sure, Patel, but that's go ahead. Yeah, that's that's always been the way with a lot of these kind of businesses and new ventures. We've seen this in you know, be it cryptocurrency or NFT as well. There's always this massive gold rush at the start with some untapped prospect, and what happens is some of those investments don't turn out. Some businesses do get burned. The the ones who will be able to find their footing can eat those losses early on. And then at some point, yeah, there, there's not going to be as many opportunities once things settle down, once the gold rush kind of simmers down and slows. It'll still remain, but then it'll be it'll probably be bigger, bigger partners and they'll be more judicious about who they pick. Like, yeah. I agree, though, that this in, initial NIL gold rush is probably going to end in about a year or so. All right, Nick Battaglia, what are your thoughts on this matter? I mean, I think that when you look at the NIL deals for like Uyunglele, for Rattler, for all these guys, all these big name quarterbacks that you mentioned, Bernie, yeah, to piggyback off what Chris said, the big time to go after these guys were, was in the preseason. It was when the preseason rankings came out, when, hey, who could be the number one pick in the NFL draft in terms of quarterbacks? That's when a lot of these NIL deals happened as the clock struck midnight. And as the season goes on, as guys struggle, you might have, you will have these companies that might second guess, hey, maybe we should have paid this guy a little bit too much, or maybe we, we entered in a deal a little bit too early. But that's business. That's how business works. I mean, it happens in the NFL, too. Guys end up being top draft picks, and then they just don't pan out, and then the deals go away. When, you know, So I think when it comes to Rattler, he was the guy. I remember when the NIL thing first happened, he, what did he do? He put out a tweet that had a logo for his brand and all this stuff and, and all these people that he entered businesses with. I think that there are people like Rattler who look at the money, who get taken by the money, and it affects their performance and gets all caught in their brand. And then there are guys like Derek King who has deal with the Florida Panthers and all these deals. And it's just like, hey, they these guys presented something to me. I took it. You know, we didn't see Derek King come out with a logo and do all these things. So I think it depends on a case by case basis. Definitely a case by case basis. I think. The bottom line takeaway here is is now that it is unfolded in living color, you see the human effect. And I think, uh, as Chris said, to be perhaps a little bit more judicious as to when the deals are constructed, how much they're for, and uh, how soon in the process. Because I don't know that they're getting the return that they expected to get. And I just isolated four-star players, but I think that's fairly representative. Coming up... I continue with my theme on coaches and managers. 
What if they never played? How important is it in the four leagues to the success of a team if you're managed or coached by a player who didn't play in the league? Also, it is time. We're going to have a couple rounds of the rousing game, What My Name. But first, let's go to the man again. His knowledge and ability to practice intellectual curiosity never ceases to amaze me. In fact, the other day you asked me, Bernie, how do you know when you've run out of invisible ink? It's Bruin Finley with the latest. Oh, Bernie, and what that name, I'll tell you, Tyson Fury. That might be one of the answers to your upcoming trivia contest here as we work that around the room later on. But Fury defends the WBC heavyweight title as he takes down Deontay Wilder TKO style in the 11th round. I think Bernie was front row for that, and unless he wasn't. But that was in Vegas where Bernie is. As far as college football on Saturday, huge upset number one Alabama as they brain fart to Texas A&M. The Aggies prevail 41-38. to Bernie Frado's number nine Michigan Wolverines, they hang on. It wasn't easy, but a late field goal was all the difference in a 32-29 victory over Nebraska as Scott Frost still can't find a way to win that big game. 16th-ranked Kentucky demoralizes LSU 42-21, to and the Wildcats have sprouted out to 6-0 for the first time in more than 70 years. Third-ranked Iowa puts aside number four Penn State 23-20. Boise State gets the win over number 10 BYU 26-17. Number two Georgia dissects 18th-ranked Auburn. It wasn't even close, 34-10. C.J. Stroud, five touchdown passes for number seven Ohio State as they dominate Maryland. 66 to 17 and there were some of those instant classics like number 17 Ole Miss winning because of a missed two-point conversion at the end of the game 52 to 51 the Rebs over number 13 Arkansas 52 as we mentioned to 51 and then as Bernie has been talking about with Oklahoma yes they got it done the number five team in the land but they had to come from behind bring in another quarterback and like we've been talking about there is that quarterback quandary out there in Soonerland so yeah 55 to 48 Sooners over UT. And as I look ahead to the NFL and we get ready for week five, just a couple notes, Bernie, before I send it back to you. According to NFL Network, Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater said to be ready to go from that concussion. Unless there's some minor setback, he is planning on playing today. Cortland Sutton is a game-time decision with a sprained ankle. And then Chris P. will like this. As far as the Lions are concerned, running back DeAndre Swift, Panay Sewell, T.J. Hawkinson, they are all presumed to be playing in their contest. And I think Bernie Fratto is presumed to be working on the radio here for the next hour and a half as I send it back to our man from Vegas. You are correct, my friend. <laughs> they say we should never assume, but we can always presume. Yes. Bruin Finley uh, with the latest. Uh, by the way, uh, you mentioned, you know, he mentioned uh, Scott Frost. It felt really bad. I think Nebraska was on the way to winning that game. Adrian Martinez, their quarterback, who feels like he's been there seven years, uh, he he ran the ball on a, on a fourth and one to, to move the chains, and he fought for more yards, and it ended up getting stripped. And then you look on the sidelines, and Scott Frost had his face in his hands. Tough deal. Uh, that's just bad luck. I don't know what to make of that. Nebraska was going to win that game, I thought. I really believed it was theirs. But I'm also a big Adrian Martinez fan, quick non sequitur. He's probably a guy I would have looked at 
for a name image, image likeness. He's a he's a kid of great character. He lost his mother to cancer when he was ten. He's been a great leader for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. He's been through injuries, a lot of up, you know setbacks. But I like his character a lot. I know I know they haven't won a lot there, but I think uh, whatever. I don't think he's an NFL player, but I think whatever he does with his life, uh, he's going to be uh, a good leader and a role model. And he's a kid I would have looked at for name image likeness. And I don't know, maybe he does have some sort of deal. I'm going to get to coaches and managers. What if they never played? How important is it? But first, I think it's time for another rousing edition, Chris, of What My Name. So here we go. All right. Michael Jordan the other day mentioned this is the only athlete I was ever intimidated by just watching him. Here's a clue. Not an NBA player. He's actually a golfer. What My Name. Bruin Finley. Tom Lehman. Good guess, but it's not Tom Lehman. All right. Michael Jordan once said, this is the only athlete that I was ever intimidated by just watching him. Not a, not, He's not an NBA player, not an NFL player. He's a golfer. Nick Pataglia, who is it? What's my name? Jack Nicholas. Interesting. Nope, wasn't Jack Nicholas. Couple of good guesses, guys. All right. One last time. Michael Jordan said it recently, just the other day. He's the only athlete I was ever intimidated by just by watching him. What my name? Chris Perfett. Well, it's got to be the cigar-smoking, chomping man himself, John Daly. (laughs) I love John Daly. I followed him for four holes at the Masters in 1999. What a character. All the physical ability in the world. And uh, he showed flashes, but, well, you know, some things got the best of him. Good guesses, guys. It turns out to be Ian Poulter. And he saw Ian Poulter up close and personal during the Ryder Cup one year. And he says, I could not believe this guy's intensity and his ability to uplift his entire team. Jordan really took notice. I think he knows a thing or two about that. All right, let's give it one more whirl. So one more rousing edition of What My Name. So if you've noticed, the Chicago White Sox are back in the playoffs, managed by 76-year-young Tony La Russa. Well, back in 1983... LaRusso also managed the Chicago White Sox, and they also made the playoffs that year. But during the season, they were accused by a, 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 a manager of another team of, quote, winning ugly. He didn't think they were that good, and he coined the term, yeah, the White Sox are winning, but they're winning ugly. He was a manager on an opponent, on an, an opposing team Let's go to Bruin Finley. What my name? Let's go Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy. Wow. Excellent. Guess Bruce wasn't managing back in 83, but good good guess, Brian. All right. I managed a team in the American League, and I accused the Chicago White Sox in 1983 of winning ugly, even though they made the playoffs under Tony LaRusso. What my name? Nick Battaglia. What my name? Joe Torrey. Joe Torrey. Excellent job, Chris, on the imaging there. One more try. I accused the Chicago White Sox of winning ugly. 1983, managed by Tony La Russa. They made the playoffs. We didn't. What my name, Chris Perfett. 
Oh, man, I really want to say it's Old Smoke's Jim Leland. I know he's not in there. Let's go with Sparky Anderson. You know what's interesting is Jim Leland was actually the, the third base coach of that White Sox team with La Rosa that year. No, you guys, I, I thought one of you guys would get this for sure because it was Doug Rader, the rooster, former manager Doug Rader of the Texas Rangers. He accused a former player as well, third baseman, kind of a red-ass great guy. I uh, met him once, and... Um, Doug's still knocking around, probably, you know, late 70s now. And so is Tony La Rosa managing the Chicago White Sox. And I tell you, I, I, I would like nothing better to see an outlier team, uh, you know, break up the party. This is this is These are really fun playoffs. You know, when it comes to coaches and managers, just kind of a quick non sequitur. What if they never played? How important is it to a team? Um, by the way, here's just a quick rundown of the four major North American sports leagues in terms of players turned coaches or managers. By far, Major League Baseball has the most uh, managers that actually made it to the big leagues as players. 77% of the managers in the big leagues uh, managing Major League Baseball made it as players. Interestingly enough, St. Louis Cardinals skipper, and they made it to the wild card game, had a hell of a year this year. Mike Schilt, he didn't even play in the minor leagues. So, I've never really been able to understand uh, there are a lot of ex-players that aren't great managers, and there are a lot of guys who didn't play that are great managers, and then there are those in between. I mentioned Joe Torre. Obviously, he was a great manager, and I think he got Hall of Fame votes, or Joe might even be in the Hall of Fame. The NHL, 70% of the current coaches in the NHL played in the National Hockey League. In the NBA, only 44% played in the uh, NBA, 12 of the 27. Co- Look, what's interesting is Mike Budenholzer, they won it all last year with the with the uh, Bucks. He never played in the league, and neither did Frank Vogel uh, the year before with the Lakers. Interestingly enough, the NFL by far is the least uh, in terms of coaches who played in the, uh, in the league. Just six of the 32 coaches actually played in the NFL. Now, four had very solid careers. Mike Vrabel, he's now with Tennessee, great career with New England. Ron Rivera, part of the great 85 Bears defense uh, under Buddy Ryan. Frank Reich, you know what a legend he was with the Buffalo Bills, part of those Super Bowl teams. Engineered one of the greatest comebacks in history against the Houston Oilers in January in 1993. And then Dan Campbell, you know, the guy that knocks your ankles off for Detroit. Dan played in the NFL. By the way, the Lions play hard for him. And so I think uh, it's just a matter of time before that. That culture is actually changing there. A um, couple other players, Sean Payton, yes, believe it or not, he had a brief stint as a backup quarterback in the National Football League, and so did Cliff Kingsbury, the uh, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, the final undefeated remaining team in the NFL. He had a cup of coffee and a sweet roll with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I have no idea why I brought that up. It seems to have no particular context, and I'll show myself out. But I thought it was interesting because I talked a lot about coaches in the opening segment, and when you bet the NFL, who do you trust? And there are certain coaches that absolutely just simply do a better job of organization, adaptability, uh, you know, playing the hand that's dealt them when things go wrong, and I will always stand true to that. But that doesn't mean that they would have had to have played the game to reach that plateau. Discover matches all the cash back you earn 
on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover's accepted at 99% of the places that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Coming up. You know him. You love McKinley. Without him, we're going to bring you back out to Las Vegas. Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers bringing you the kind of data you only find on this show. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Stick and stay. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Hard to believe, but we are four hours and 41 minutes from week five of the NFL season. The Jets and Falcons in London for the first London game this year. So let's bring in, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers. And Mackenzie, I think where we want to begin is a major injury that took place in Thursday night's game and a once-proud franchise, the Seattle uh, Seahawks, and they look like they are very much on the downside now. I actually talked to Paul Allen. He's no longer proud of his franchise. He's not super angry, but he said he's not proud of the Seahawks anymore. So you're right. Once-proud franchise. 
Listeners across the country, you might have just heard an R.J. Bell promo talking about how the great Russell Wilson now injured, and we'll get into the odds change. Spoiler alert, down for the Seahawks in every single category. But he always told me, R.J. Bell, my mentor, get to the truth. So he wouldn't mind me saying this. During maybe five minutes after that segment, R.J. said, hey, could you dig into the numbers, get the rankings? How does Russell Wilson do in a clean pocket versus a dirty pocket? Well, in 2019, he had the single best grade in the NFL with a clean pocket. And this year, he has a better grade by PFF than Brady in a clean pocket. So, when you actually look at it, when he has time, he has such a dynamic deep ball that any uh, deficiencies he has with timing or with his height are more than made up when he has a clean pocket. They can get Metcalf Lockett way downfield a bunch of times. Unfortunately, that's not going to be happening anytime soon for Russell Wilson and co., he might never play for the Seahawks again, Bernie. I mean, he went to L.A. to see a hand specialist and opted to get that surgery at least eight weeks. That takes him probably to week 14, and the odds reflect it. So let's get to those. The division odds, the NFC West, mm-hmm. I guess it's good for my 49ers, although we played them, and the Cardinals and Rams haven't yet. Oh, the Rams actually got the win. So they went from 4-1, to one, the Seahawks did, the loss plus the injury, now 12-1. to one. Not really in the conversation, especially when you consider the VIG. Super Bowl odds, they were 25th, 25 to 1, right with the Cowboys and Chargers, 9th, 10th in the league. They're 50 to 1 now. They're not going to win it, probably. I mean, if Russell Wilson comes back and they sneak into the playoffs, that's why they're not 100 to 1, but only 50 to 1. And this really amazed me. Shout out to Fezzik 5 and the great Steve Fezzik. If you look at the week six spread, I was waiting all week for this to come out. There were two and a half point favorites in the look ahead with Russell Wilson expected to play. Talk about Seattle now. Yeah, Seattle so Seahawks. Were, and, and who do they face in week six? They're at Pittsburgh next week. And I originally, on the Seattle football. Seahawks, before Russell Wilson hurt his hand, they were two and a half point favorites on the road. Go ahead. Yeah, yes, thank you, Bernie. So they were two and a half point favorites, and Russell Wilson's not going to be there. Now they're plus three at Pittsburgh. And wow. if you do, if you look at the key numbers and, and you go through zero and you do the whole calculation, Fez's number is perfectly accurate that he had, you know, six months ago when he's doing his prep. It's kind of like a beautiful mind with all the X's and cotton <laughs> strings, and it all works together. Six and a half points is exactly how much is Russell Wilson worth to the point spread when you compare him to his backup, Geno Smith. See what you did there? You weaved in Russell Wilson and Russell Crowe. Beautiful mind, right? <laughs> yes, sir. I, I completely intentionally did well, that. Real quickly, with the time we have left, um, you bring up a good point. Russell Wilson may not be back. Look, between four and eight weeks is when he'll be back. So I expect him back maybe around Thanksgiving. No, that might be too soon. I don't know. But at any rate, Seattle well, with no offensive line and no defense, they seem to be wrecked anyway. Go ahead. Do you put any stock into what happened this summer where Russell Wilson oh, yeah. gave the team five teams that he would be willing to be traded to? Yes. Mike Florio made this point. If they lose their next two games, the second one being to the Saints, they lose to the Steelers, they lose to the Saints. Maybe Russell Wilson says, hey, trade me to the Saints. We could win a Super Bowl this year, me yes. instead of Jameis Winston. That's what I got. No, it's a good point, uh, McKenzie. Good stuff, and you'll be back at, in an hour for more. But not only do I think it might be time for Russell Wilson to go, there's no more Legion of Boom, there's no more offensive line, there's no more beast mode. I think it might be time for Pete Carroll to go as well. Mm. His act, I think, is worn thin. I'm not sure if they've turned him off in that clubhouse. Pete's had a hell of a year. You know what? You want to bring the Pete Carroll era back to USC? Maybe Pete should go back to USC. He's 70. He's got a good another five years left in him. He's a young 70. You know, speaking of age... 
Some of the greatest announcers still working are north of 80, and one had an interesting commentary the other night in the Yankees game. We'll get to that. I'm Bernie Fratto. Keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Sunday rolls on. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Two down, one to go. We will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Still lots of stuff to get to. You know, there are still a lot of very talented and entertaining and accomplished announcers working in sports north of the age of 80. Right here in Las Vegas, the great Brent Musburger. He does play-by-play for the Raiders. He's spectacular. Bob Euchre, 85 years young, still knocking him dead for the Milwaukee Brewers. And over the years, guys like Chick Hearn and Vin Scully in Los Angeles. And, Chris, I'm sure you remember Ernie Harwell, the, the great Tiger announcer, worked into his 80s. Well, John Sterling, who's the longtime uh, play-by-play announcer for the New York Yankees. He's 83 years young. Of course, you remember back in the day, he'd say things like, an A-bomb from A-Rod. He, you know, he always, he still does it. Well, he had a home run call in the wild card game the other day. And he took a lot of heat for it because they said he butchered Giancarlo Stanton, Stanton's home run call because it wasn't a home run. And Sterling said, what did I do wrong? And so just to set this up, during the first inning of Tuesday's AL uh, wildcard game between the Yankees and Red Sox at Fenway Park, Stanton drilled a Nathan Eovaldi pitch toward the green monster. And as the ball traveled very high into the Boston sky, Stanton stood at home plate while Sterling, the Yankees' longtime radio voice, went into one of his signature home run calls. Drill, there it goes, deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. As Sterling said on his W fan WFAN radio broadcast, out of the ballparks, a Stantonian home run. Unfortunately, in reality, the ball only made it three quarters up the way of the monster, 345 feet from home plate, according to StatCast, and it carried him directly down in front of Boston left fielder. Alex Verdugo, and as the ball was relayed into the infield with Stanton standing on first base after a long single with the 83-year-old Sterling, who was in attendance at Fenway after having, frankly, broadcast most road games from Yankee Stadium due to the pandemic, he was still unsure what happened. In fact, he said on the mic, what did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? He's, he's at first base. To be fair... He wasn't the only announcer who believed Stanton hit, another, hit a home run in Boston. Uh, ESPN's Matt Vaskersian, a very talented guy, very funny guy, also got excited as the ball left Stanton's bat and said, oh, he got another one, he got another one. But to be fair, Vaskersian also quickly corrected himself as the ball hit the wall. He said, nope, it's off the monster. And Stanton, who put it into home run trot, thinking the same thing, well, everybody was all sort of on the same page. It raises the issue. There are so many in the broadcast booth that are much older than 70, which is an age that government-mandated seniors start drawing down their retirement accounts. You know, law firms have partners that have required retirement agents. Pilots can fly commercial aircraft up to a fixed age. There's no such rule for broadcasters. And I'll tell you why. 
Because the great ones hang around because they personally connect with their audiences. They tell stories, they know history, and oftentimes the mere sound of their voices invoke nostalgia and passion. So I want to bring in the crew to talk about this because we've got guys in Los Angeles where there have been legendary announcers. Uh, Brian, you call, Brian Fenley calls tennis matches. Chris is from Detroit, where I'm from. We have, we've had great announcers there, Ernie Harwell, uh, the legend Ernie Harwell. And I'm of the opinion that there are simply voices who maintain their word retention and who can spill yarns. I don't care how old they are. And one of the things I thought that was unfortunate is they attributed John Sterling's gaffe to his age when, again, Matt Vaskirjian made the same mistake and so did Giancarlo Stanton. So let me start with you, uh, Brian, and obviously you were good friends with Dick Enberg, who worked well into his 80s. Who are some of your favorite announcers, and do you think that John Sterling is being treated unfairly here? Well, Bernie, you said it. Dick Enberg is definitely my favorite. Uh, incredibly grateful to have known him and been able to be a part of his life when he was on this earth. And he's another guy, Bernie, who who did the broadcasting thing deep into his 80s. Yes. And, you know, when he left the Padres job, and I don't know how that all went down, but I just felt like he was one of those guys that, and this is like people, when you retire, you lose that sense of who you are. You lose that sense of purpose. So I just, he's one of those guys, and, and a lot of these broadcasters, Bernie, they love what they do so much. It is so much part of their identity that the second that they say goodbye, it's like a part of themselves leaves them. And it just, I don't think it's good for their mental health. So when I think about what the Yankees are dealing with here, a legend should be put higher on the pedestal than maybe somebody getting something wrong or not because what do you want people are in the sake of criticizing but i think you have to put the name the reputation the history of this broadcaster who by the way some people out there remember that it was a couple months ago when he called a home run off a replay on television this was a couple weeks ago. Sterling did this as well. So he, he's done this a couple times. Also keep in mind that broadcasting has shifted a lot, and guys are not always able to to be there. I know the Yankees with their radio call, I don't think they've traveled at all. So not that that influences everything. But, Bernie, you have to, to – to, to, the legendary status of these of these broadcasters who go deep into their 80s it needs to surpass anything that you think about them as far as the mistakes they make i think people focus on those mistakes and magnify them every broadcaster no matter the age has those sort of things that pop up if you're at that level I just think that they're scrutinized for that reason because people like to criticize. Although, you know, Dick would be the Dick Emberg would be the first to say, you know, hey, maybe when I was 60 calling NCAA tournament games for CBS, and now that I'm 81, 82 calling certain Padre games, maybe it's a little bit different. I don't see everything, but. He prepares every day like he was 55 or at the top of his game and all the broadcasting he did. You, you can't criticize the way you do 
if you want the legend in that chair, which I think that most fans want regardless. I agree. First of all, think of guys like Keith Jackson and Dick Enberg, who we just mentioned, Vern Lundquist, Tom Hammond, uh, Don Crickey. I just mentioned Brent Musburger, Bob Euchre, Chick Hearn, Vince Scully. These guys are legends because they are people who transcended this, the sport itself. And I met Dick Enberg once as well, too. He's a very interesting guy many, many, many years ago. And uh, I'm cut from that same cloth. I, I have zero interest in retiring. God did not put us on this earth to wake up in the morning and not have to be somewhere. Now, you could decide where you want to be, right? But I don't think you you mark time and stand on the sidelines of life. That's why I, I think some of these guys, and again, like a John Sterling, who've become legends, the, the problem is this is a job that you're exposed. Broadcasters are exposed. It's a public domain. All you got to do is check social media to see how many announcers take verbal lashings on football weekends, whether they represent, you know, people who like them or don't. Many of the points they make or mistakes are reality. People lie and wait. But Albert Einstein talked about that. People will lie and wait for someone to make a mistake. And then when they do, they'll enjoy it and they'll call them out. Einstein did it once. He actually went to a chalkboard and did 10 math problems, all simple ones. And the first nine were correct. And on the 10th one, a very simple math problem, he said 10 times 9 is 91. And they all started laughing and the crowd started to make fun of me. He said, I did that for a reason. I got nine in a row right. No one said a thing. But when I got the 10th one wrong, you couldn't wait to pounce. That's society. That's human nature. People lie and wait for people, for folks to make a mistake. And then when they do, when an important person does, they enjoy it. Back to the announcers, though. I don't want to get off on a tangent here. There are certain guys, and I don't know who this new generation is. I have yet to hear. There's some guys that are younger. I happen to like Josh Lewin. Uh, there's some guys that are working that are clever and can wax philosophical and bring you a broadcast that's entertaining as well as informative. They're not just keen observers. They're not just mechanical. But for my money, it was the last generation of announcers that could really make you feel like you knew them uh, personally. Uh, Chris Perfett, jump in on this. Well, you're talking about some younger guys, and I mean, obviously, I've got my kind of <laughs> all-timers. I, I grew up with listening to a lot of Vern Lundquist. I love him on the air, and uh, was sad to see him go from CBS, obviously, one of the great college broadcasters of all time. But you want to talk about a younger guy who I've really enjoyed lately. It's been, and maybe I'm a little biased because I've had him on a podcast before, but uh, Dan Miller, who's right now the radio play-by-play oh, play yeah, guy Lions, for the yeah, great Lions. guy. Yeah, I I find I think it's easy to tell stories when you're a baseball guy, especially since you've got a lot of time between pitches for for football. If you're broadcasting play by play for football over the radio, you have to visualize so much. My father always told me a story about how he went to I think it was a Cardinals game, a baseball Cardinals game with a and actually got sat next to a blind woman her uh, husband goes away for a bit she asks him to call the game and something and the home run happens and he goes oh wow and she immediately says that wasn't exactly very helpful here <laughs> my point though is that if you are trying to visualize a, an american football game an nfl game with just audio you need a lot and i feel like dan miller when i hear him just immediately break down the formation immediately give you all that he he has he paints 
what is about to happen on the field better than anyone else right now. And he has a very engaging well, voice. He has a very exciting voice. You hear him sometimes very uh, when it comes up, touchdown Detroit Lions. That's not he's, right. He's got an electric well, voice. I love him. Just so the folks know, Dan's probably close to 50 now. He came from Washington, D.C. I know Dan. And during the last few years, I was part of the Detroit Lions pre- and post-game show. Dan was the play-by-play announcer taking over for Mark Champion. Big Dan shoes is still in that, in that front, yeah. <laughs> and Dan is uh, also a really good person, and that comes through on the air. He's very personable, and that's what I think makes the good announcer, a great announcer, a transcendent announcer. I once met Johnny Most, the homer of the Boston Celtics, and I said, why are you such a homer? And he says, you can't do this this long and not develop affections. And I said, you know what? He's right. You're around these players. You travel with them. You live with them. You root for them. You don't want to be a homer, but he was a homer, and he was fantastic. Everybody in Boston loved Johnny Most. And amazingly, during the 84 NBA All-Star Game, Johnny Most and Chick Hearn did a did a uh, 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 the play-by-play side-by-side. It was incredible. Uh, Nick Battaglia, I'm sure you got some favorite announcers. Yeah, so when I was, you know, growing up in New York... I didn't really have a lot of like radio guys I've listened to a lot, of t- mostly TV guys, but one radio guy I listened to a lot, come from a hockey family, uh, Rick Jenneret, who is the play-by-play oh, guy sure. for the Sabres. Sure. He's 79 years old. He announced that this coming season is going to be his last season well, with the team, of course, famous for his line, top shelf where Mama hi- uh, hides the cookies. Uh, <laughs> he's just one of those guys when, you, when a, someone on the Sabres scores a goal. He comes up with these sayings, and it's not like it's not like oh, I wonder if he sits at a whiteboard and thinks of these things. Like they just come quick and they come naturally. He makes and he has a way of making. They're authentic, yeah. Yeah, he has a way of making him sound authentic. Whereas when I listen, like I'm a Yankees fan, but when I listen to John Sterling, it sounds like he is one of those guys that like, let's see, this guy's on the team. Let me see how I can tie his name to a home run call, stuff like that. Whereas with Jenner, it's just like it's quick, it's fluid, it just feels natural. Um, so, I mean, of, of all the, the New York guys uh, I, I enjoyed listening to, I mean, Jenneret is probably my, my all-time favorite, but also a guy I used to work with uh, while I worked down in Virginia. I used to do some work with the uh, Norfolk Tides, which is the Baltimore Orioles minor league team. Yeah, AAA. Yep, AAA. And uh, Pete Michoud is the play-by-play guy for the Tides. He also does stuff with the Admirals, which is the minor league hockey team as well in, in Virginia. And he's just one of those guys where when you listen to his interviews with the players, you can just tell the players love him. Because he just he has this like really nice connection with them. He's just a really fantastic guy, a really nice guy, a guy who, yeah, as baseballs, you have longer time to tell stories. He's a guy who just every time he mentions something or somebody, he's like, oh, I remember sitting down with this person talking to them, and it just felt like you're talking to somebody who's talking about a friend. And Pete does a really wonderful job of that. So Pete uh, Pete Michoud, uh is a guy who I really enjoy and love and enjoyed working with. I'll never forget, quick Dick Enberg story. I'll never forget when I was a kid and uh, actually was living near Angel Stadium in Anaheim, and Dick Enberg was the announcer. Back then, this is like 1971, the Angels weren't any good, but they got on a hot streak, and they got to around July 4th, and they were actually inching toward first place, and they played an extra inning game, and a guy you probably never heard of named Tommy Reynolds hit an extra inning opposite field home run. You know, Dick Enberg was really just a simple guy from Mount Pleasant, Michigan, and he never really lost that humility, and that's what came through in the air, the authenticity like Nick was talking about. I'm listening to the radio with the earbud in my ear, and I hear, swung on deep to right field, 
Heaven can wait. The California Angels are in first place on July 4th. And you heard the raw emotion, and it was incredible coming through the airwaves. And that's what made, makes the great ones, the great ones, listening to Dick Enberg was like a shot in the arm. Speaking of shots in the arm, you know, NBA unvaccinated players who miss games, well, they're not going to get paid. And what the hell is going on with Kyrie Irving? We're going to chop that up. We're going to bring the crew back in and see if we can make some sense of this. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studio. Stick and stay. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday and Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Remember, Discovery matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. You ever heard of Mike Bass? Well, Mike Bass is the NBA's Executive Vice President of Communications, in a statement the other day, he said, any player who elects not to comply with local vaccination mandates will not be paid for the games that he misses. According to a report by ESPN, NBA players who are forced to miss games due to the executive orders governing vaccination requirements in both New York and San Francisco will not be 
paid for any games they miss. Well, Andrew Wiggins came to his senses, and he said, I simple choice. Hey, there, get vaccinated or don't play basketball. What the hell is going on with Kyrie Irving? Seriously. Now, I... I'd learned Friday that through a loophole, they consider the Barclays Center a private building so he's able to practice and not be vaccinated, but he won't be able to play in games. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice? We're talking about practice. Well, I, what? Let's start with you, Chris. Kyrie Irving, what should they do about this mess in Brooklyn? Because this has got to be a huge distraction. Yeah, I think you should start looking if there's like maybe an out in that contract at this point. I don't I I, I hate this idea. It gets framed a lot as personal choice Bernie on the vaccine. And that's all co- cool and good, but and I hate to use this term, but we live in a society. We live in a very interconnected place, and part of that is is like you have to sometimes get vaccinated. And there's been plenty of vaccinations which I'm sure Kyrie Irving has had as a kid for measles and mumps and all the rest. Him suddenly flaring up and having this problem with a COVID-19 vaccine, which has been taken by millions and proven safe time and time again. I don't understand it. Part of it is probably attention-seeking. Part of it is, for some of these guys, misguided and misinformation, just a misguided belief. But for Kyrie Irving, especially given his track record, it feels attention-seeking. Yeah, it's not good. Nothing else. No, like, this is a guy who constantly seems to seek the microphone and creates problems wherever he goes. So I, I think if you're Brooklyn, I don't know if there's any kind of out clause or anything you can do. Well, but maybe you trade him. You try to trade. I think they're going maybe, to sit yeah. tight. I who, don't think who Steve, even wants him if he's not going to be able to well, play with in home games for a lot of It's going to be an interesting to see how that develops. The truth of the matter is, and I, I've never predicted that Brooklyn's going to win a championship. And last year, I, I gave my reasons why I didn't think they would, and I don't think they will this year. But, but if they have designs on it, they might have enough with – Durant and James Harden and maybe get some role players. Brian Finley, what are your thoughts on the matter? Yeah, Bernie, I think this has very little to do with anything in terms of his thoughts on the vaccine because I think we've seen similar behavior from him in the past over controversial issues, all aimed, as Chris said, to attention seek. And at one point, at what point do we keep, I guess we keep feeding the vacuum. We, we keep feeding him with the attention. So he, enabling the behavior. That's it. If, 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 the thing is, he's such a talented basketball player, so it's impossible not to look away. But by him being that player he is, we can't look away. And so this is a perpetual behavior that I don't see leaving anytime soon. He's going to be a problem for whatever team puts him on their roster. He's a contrarian. He does it for attention. And a lot of the, I know this has been talked about before, Bernie, and I know he's he's got a lot of different philanthropic ideas that he's throwing out there. But I, I don't know how much he really is doing it for the sake of others and more so for the sake of putting himself out there and making himself look good, all coming back to the core of who he is, and I think it's a narcissist. Well, there, there could be very, there very much could be some of that. He's an interesting individual in terms of his idiosyncrasies and his behaviors, but like you said, he's so talented 
that people seem to tolerate it. Nick Battaglia, what do you make of the Kyrie Irving situation? I mean, the fact that if you are a Nets fan or somebody who works for the Nets, whether you're in the front office or a player, the fact that your one of your star players is likely going to be missing 41 home games plus two away games when they play the Knicks at Madison Square Garden it is just mind-boggling to me. And I also look at it this way, Bernie, from another perspective. Look around the league and look at guys who did get vaccinated. Look at Damian Lillard, for example, who uh, came out and said that, you know, he's, how he's had family and his people, how he had family members die because of the vaccine. And he said, hey, I got to protect myself. I want to protect my family. Imagine playing against Kyrie Irving knowing that you've been affected by this personally and he doesn't want to get vaccinated. And especially in the NBA, where this isn't in the NFL, where you have 53 guys plus a practice squad, that if a guy is out because of COVID, you can just call somebody up from the practice squad or, hey, it's the next man up. Whereas the NBA, you got teams that, yeah, they might have 15 guys on a roster, but really they might play only seven, eight guys. So if you got one of those guys, especially if it's a starter and it's a star player, like it, it really can hamper what you can do for your plays in terms of your offense, your defense, how you can you know uh, play guys in the amount of minutes. So there's a lot of things that go into this decision that affects people outside of Kyrie. You know, what's interesting is they keep reminding us we need to focus on the 98% of NBA players that are vaccinated and the positive. Well, how the hell are you going to do that when you keep shoving Kyrie Irving in our face? This is a guy who's been in the movies Dr. Uncle Drew is actually a good movie. Uh, won the championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Hit the game-winning shot. Uh, they beat the Golden State Warriors in 2016 in one of the most epic NBA Finals where Cleveland comes back three games to one. He's always been highly visible, even when he was at Duke. He goes to the Brooklyn Nets. They put together this big three. Uh, they tried to rally in the playoffs to bring home the championship. And he likes the microphone and he's always got something to say and uh whether it's the world being flat or he's going to maintain his privacy when it comes to the vaccination so all i can say is this you kind of hit the nail on the head nick look can you imagine arguably your best player and arguably maybe the best point guard in the game missing 41 home games the other two in new york and by the way you see what's coming you're not going to be able to play in Los Angeles either. You're not going to play in San Francisco either. So they've got till October 19th to figure this out. In the meantime, I'm really not so sure why they continue to kowtow to this guy's whims because I personally think that his benefit is now being outweighed uh, by the you know negativity he's bringing to the franchise and certainly the distractions as you try to put a winning team on the floor. Coming up, our weekly feature, Chris Perfett will talk about, again, the most popular sport in the world, and how big-name ownership from the United States is finding its way over to Europe. But first, let's go to the man. I'm always asking for his advice, and he told me, you know, Bernie, hard work might pay off eventually, but laziness pays off right now. It's Bruin Finley with the latest. Oh, Bernie, I love it. I love it, except I'm not really lazy. No, you're not. I am. <laughs> no, Bernie, you're not as well. So you you're, you guys are about to talk about, you tease this, the most popular sport in the world. The most popular sport arguably played on Saturday 
what was this boxing match, and it involved Tyson Fury, and he defends his WBC heavyweight title by taking down Deontay Wilder in TKO style in the 11th round. As far as the most popular sport in the United States, the NFL, as we get ready for a ton of games later today, according to NFL Network Bengals running back Joe Mixon, we do know he skipped practice this week, but he is supposedly a thumbs-up to play despite that ankle injury. Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Randy Gregory, all with the Cowboys, all greenlit to play against the Giants. Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater projected to come back from that concussion, barring any unforeseen obstacle. He is going to be able to go and Cortland Sutton, his teammate, is a game-time decision with a sprained ankle. And the Lions' big names in running back DeAndre Swift, Panay Sewell, TJ Hawkinson, they are all slated to play as well coming off injuries. As far as number one Alabama in college football, they go down to Texas A&M 41-38. So a shakeup atop the pecking order in college football in the hierarchy there. Number nine, Michigan swamping Nebraska 32-29 thanks to a last second field goal. LSU goes down again. They're 3-3 three and three on the season this time. 16th ranked Kentucky butchered the Tigers as the Wildcats are out to 6-0. Number two Georgia also out to 6-0 after they were able to dissect 18th ranked Auburn 34-10. And then Bernie, some of the earlier games on Saturday you had the Thrilling come from behind win for number five Oklahoma against Texas, 55 to 48. And by the way, our producer from earlier here at FSR and Bo Benson, he pointed out that Texas's football Twitter, their profile, they have not posted the final score of that game on their Twitter page. So they're a little bit salty as to the result. But you know who did post the final score of their game? Number 17, Ole Miss, after hanging on against 13th-ranked Arkansas, 52-51. to As I send it back to our man in Vegas, Bernie Fratto. The president of the fastest-growing fan club <laughs> in Orange County. <laughs> in my dreams. My mom is the president, and, and everybody else is looking at me like, what a clown he is. That would be the Fenley Fanatics, the Dulcet Tones, the Silver Tongue Devil, Devil, Bruin Finley. All right. We see what happens when big money decides to take ownership in sports. George Steinbrenner bought the Yankees. Just a matter of time, they started winning World Series. When Mike Illich bought the Detroit Red Wings, won three Stanley Cups. When Mark Cuban bought the Dallas Mavericks, yep, wasn't too long. And he won a national championship. Well, a national championship. They won the NBA championship. Come on, Bernie. Last time I ran a tongue from that place. Well, soccer is no different. And we're starting to see big money from the United States flow across the pond. England may be welcoming a new power in the making. Big money has just purchased a club, and you could see their fortunes change very soon and very quickly. Chris Perfett, in his feature every week at this time, will share the latest with Newcastle United, possibly the newest rising star in world soccer. So, Bernie, as you said, this has been something for a minute in soccer where we've seen very big money change how things are going. Probably the best example in past years was Manchester City. Now, Manchester City, up until very recently, was always an also-ran. It was the little brother to hallowed club Manchester United. Then something happened. Then the Abu Dhabi group, a group from the United Arab Emirates, bought 
Manchester City and infused it with a uh, an incredible amount of money. They went out, bought a lot of stars, and they have been the dominant club that they are now. You look over else in, in England, you have Chelsea, bought by Russian oligarch Roman Abramovich, who, which has allowed Chelsea to remain at the top forever. Very recently, a, a group led by the uh, by interest from the nation of the Gulf nation of Qatar bought Paris Saint Germain and immediately b- brought in Neymar and now have brought in Lionel Messi. They've basically decided PSG will be their club to represent their interests on the world stage. Not to be left out, we have another Gulf state that has decided to throw their their hat into the ring. From from the Saudi Arabia from Saudi Arabia, a, a consortium which includes very high, a lot of wealthy money from the kingdom, has bought the side Newcastle United. For most people, you might know Newcastle is like maybe say Newcastle Brown Ale. It is a city in the north of England. It is an industrial area. Newcastle United itself, however has been a club that's on very hard times. They've never really been one with a lot of... They've had a lot of history, as with many sides in the Premier League. However, they've never really had much success, including right now, they are currently 0-3-4. They have not had a single win, and they are staring down relegation. But this week, the FIFA cleared it. Everyone has cleared it now. Newcastle United will be bought by the Saudi Arabia group. And it's another chapter, Bernie, in this question that's been rising up because a lot of clubs are seeing this new money coming into soccer. I think you made that comparison to baseball, but for soccer, it's still relatively new. And for a lot of clubs, the the money can seemingly break the scale. FIFA has some fair play rules for economic actions in place, but stuff like this, as I said, it can completely change a club to 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 a alarming degree, so we'll see. Like well, Newcastle again, it should be a club that's facing relegation. But real, real it, quickly, not yeah. to put you on the spot. So when Man City was bought in two thousand eight by the Sheikh Mansour, how many titles have they won in the last thirteen years? Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think off the top of my more head. more than one, right? Oh yeah, plenty. They've they've won they've won the Premier League well, title many times now, and right. they are competing and have won. European titles, I believe. Uh, actually, I I don't think they've won the Champions League yet, but last year they were the runner-up. And in uh, domestic league here, they have won 2018, 2019, and last year uh, for, for the Premier League. So they have had success since being bought by Mansour bin Zayed Al-Nayan, whose net worth, $22 billion. Here's what's interesting about your breaking story tonight, Chris, because uh, as a result of Newcastle United being purchased by Saudi Arabia's, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, uh, Man City is no longer the richest club in the Premier League. I don't know what the net worth is of this investment fund, but I understand it dwarfs Mansour's uh, $17 billion or $22 billion or whatever he's worth. That's incredible, and given Man City's success... Again, I used George Steinbrenner, Mike Illich, the founder of Little Caesars Pizza, Mark Cuban, all these names. I guess you'd expect Man City to start to have some success. Or yeah, check that, yeah. Newcastle. Yeah, and I, I, I'm sure next to all those names, a name like Mohammed bin Salman, if he is part of this group, uh, currently the you know part of the Saudi royal family, 
that would be uh, that would be something. And again, it's it's for a small club like Newcastle United. You can probably expect a new stadium in your future for fans of Newcastle United. Again, you're you're not going to expect the relegation zone anytime soon. It, they still have to make their purchases. They still have to figure out the immediate future of the club. But it it adds another name that you're going to see at the top of these uh, at the top of the standings. I think year in and year out in the Premier League, as long as they continue to invest. And for the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, they've they've they have shown you in other areas in economic and political dealings. They don't mind throwing money around if it means giving them PR. When Qatar bought Paris Saint-Germain, a lot of the point of them buying PSG was that that was supposed to be kind of their political soft power in the world. Look at us. We make this great soccer club in Europe. And I think the same goals are there for the Saudis by buying Newcastle. And especially in, in the north, which, you know, you see it with Liverpool, this kind of industrious, very much so like the Midwest here, is this kind of industrious blue-collar area of England, and that's that's the club they have purchased, and that's a club they hope to bring to prominence. All right, good stuff, Chris. Uh, I might suggest you use the term relegation. We don't have time to get into it tonight. You might want to make that party report next week because it's a um, fun topic. I well, love I, I think relegation need, and promotion, and I think what we need to do is dive into that because if you don't get with the times, and if your ownership is not prepared to put a winner on the field and you fail for too long, you're relegated to a lower league. And one of the things I want you to talk about in your report next week is teams that are relegated, how long do they stay down before getting called back up and how many never come back up? So, Chris, we'll have this filing uh, every every week at this time, 2.30 uh, Eastern. Check that, 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 a.m. Eastern as we take you up to 3 a.m. By the way, speaking of stadiums, Chris talked about Totten. Tottenham Hotspur, that's where the game will be played. Well, we're five hours and 49 minutes away from kickoff. Uh, No, check that. Four hours. And uh, no, you know what? I've got that wrong. Try that again, Bernie. You know, I went to high school the full six years. Doesn't mean I'm great at math. Actually, I'm pretty good at math. Better than I'm showing. We're three hours and uh, 49 minutes away from kickoff. Jets, Falcons. Falcons open three and a half. Now three 56% 56% of the handle is on Atlanta. Total open, 43.5. It's been bet up to 45.5. Three hours, just a little over three hours, we've got football week five. Coming up, you know him, you love him, can't live without him. We'll bring him back. Mackenzie Rivers, Mackinac Sports, got some interesting prop bets on some running backs. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. And before I go any further tonight, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. That would be Nick Battaglia, Brian Finley, and, of course, Chris Perfett. Could not do this show without your teamwork. Turning all the dials, keeping us glued together as we bring this show to a grateful nation. Okay, we bring you back out to Las Vegas. It's that time again. You know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Back on Sports, Mackenzie Rivers, where you only find this kind of data on this show. Mackenzie, you've got some running back information. Obviously, prop bets increasingly popular, and if you do your homework, they can become increasingly profitable. Uh, what's your take on some of the running back totals uh, in this weekend's games? I like two overs against two teams that allow you to run so it's not so much that i don't think they'll be able to stop these running backs but i think they're gonna let them get as much as they want in the modern nfl but first i would like to second your shout out to chris perfett excellent report on the newcastle purchase that's huge news across the world we were joking off air they might get relegated and be the greatest relegated team of all time with all the influx of talent it would be like Messi going to a Division One soccer team next year and just playing, just for fun, against Oxford. It'll be great to see what happens at Newcastle. But uh, here's the props I like. Yeah. I'll give them to you right away. I like, and uh, R.J. Bell threw this out on Monday. The number's gone up. I think this number's going to go even higher as this Baker Mayfield news starts to become more prevalent. I like... Cleveland Browns running back Nick Chubb over his prop of 87.5 rushing yards. Now, Mayfield, if you look at his stats to start the season, he was red hot. He was as good as he's ever been. 300 yards a game, 11 yards per throw, 77 completion percentage through his first 80 minutes of football. I'll get back to why that distinction is important. After that 80th minute mark, he threw an interception, tackled, got a previously undisclosed, was reported this week, torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. Let's go back to those same pairs of numbers. Completion percentage went from 77 to 60. Best in the league to 60 would be 28th in the league, right next to Trevor Lawrence. Yards per throw, almost 12 before the injury, less than seven now. 
I don't have to defend Maker, Baker Mayfield or say that he's uh, less than he and he's going to get back. To, I just have to point to the numbers and say, hey, red hot to start, and since this reported injury, he's been very, very inefficient. So the fact that the Browns are not only aware of this, but they're putting this out there into the world, it tells me they're going to have a game plan that minimizes Mayfield's involvement. And the Chargers, they give up 200 yards of rushing a game almost every time. You look at what they do to the Cowboys, and this is the same thing the Rams did last year in L.A. Brandon Staley says, we're going to get big plays, we're going to get turnovers, we're going to confuse the quarterback, but we're going to let you run for five yards a pop. I think we saw the Cowboys do it. I think it's the same thing tomorrow with the Browns. I think uh, Nick Chubb goes off for a huge day. Entirely possible. One of the games I'm looking at, I mean, I don't do prop bets, but Devin Singletary against the Chiefs, is there a number on him? He's only carried the ball 50 times, but he's averaging five and a half yards per carry against that Chiefs 31st rank run defense. Thoughts? Exactly. They are the Chargers in the exact same frame. They are letting teams run on them. I actually like Singletary over about 40 and a half, and this one would be my best bet for the game. Zach Moss over. He had a banged up ankle early in the season, missed week one, was limited in week two, but I think he's going forward going to be their number one back. And like you said, Chiefs 31 ranked rush defense. Some of it's by design, the way they put their best rush stopper, Chris Jones, on the outside to get some more QB pressure. It's because it's what their priority is. If Frank Clark's not going to be there, he's not going to be effective. They say, hey, I know we're already bad at stopping the run. Like, obviously, our worst quadrant of stopping anything. They say, let's just double down. Take Chris Jones out of the middle, onto the outside. He'll attack the quarterback, and we'll be wide open to get gashed. But you know what? You're going to eventually get a fumble, get a turnover, make a mistake. And hey, by the way, this just in, Patrick Mahomes, number one in QBR. We don't even mention it because it's so obvious he's the best quarterback. And he's going to put up 30. They allow you to run. They don't think they're going to they're gonna let, let right. you score 30 against them. Good stuff, McKenzie. And I do agree that Mahomes is still the number one quarterback. Got to stop turning the ball over. Maybe take a break from all the dipsy doodle stuff. <laughs> Real quickly, on Devin Singletary... In games against anyone other than the Washington football team, he's averaging almost seven yards a carry. So if you've only got to go 40 yards, he's averaging 12 carries a game. You can do the math. That might be a really good prop bet tomorrow. Devin Singletary over 40 yards against the Kansas City Chiefs. Be a hell of a game tomorrow night, 5 o'clock. All right, thanks for listening, folks. I'm Bernie Fratto. This is Fox Sports Sunday. It rolls on. Next up, Andy Furman and Brian No. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.